Go on, take on this whole world, but to me you know you'll always be my little girl. Tim McGraw. Just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man, out here learning on the fly, trying to do the best I can. Hello and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. We are so happy to be here today and happy that you, as the listeners, are with us as well. You might notice that I, Perry, uh, one of the co-hosts of the show, am starting it off today, which is a little bit of a switch. And we're going to mix it up for y'all today. I'm going to be primarily asking some questions to my co-host, Brett, who is celebrating a new baby girl. Yes. Brett, welcome to the show, brother. How are you feeling today? A little uh, sleep deprived? A little sleep deprived. You forget, you quickly forget <laughs> what true sleep deprivation is like. Uh, maybe not true sleep deprivation. I was I was reflecting. Hello, everybody. First of all, I'm already sort of diving in and talking <laughs> about things. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about the sleep deprivation. The sleep deprivation is kicking in already. <laughs> it's like it's easy to talk a big game when you're not in it. You know, it's like yeah. I know you're a big like Navy SEAL guy, follow the Navy SEALs, you read about Hell Week, you watch videos on Hell Week and and yeah. you're like I could do Hell Week, you know. Right. It's like in my mind sure. when I was yeah. 18, when I was 20, even when I was 30, even now in my 40s I'm like I could do Hell Week. Yeah. Sleep deprivation, sleep, that's not that bad. You know, getting wet and sandy, <laughs> that's not that bad. Well, it's easy to say that when you've gotten eight hours of sleep, yeah. you're well fed, you know, yeah. everything is great. You're sitting on your couch in a nice warm environment reading a book about Navy SEALs. And then give me one or two nights in a row of like two hours of sleep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> handle it. I can't function. I'm tripping down the stairs. My brain's foggy. And I'm like, nope, I couldn't be a Navy SEAL. But anyway, so yeah, we're a little sleep deprived over here, but we're we're on cloud nine. No doubt about it. So uh, do you want to do a, a formal, you know, little introduction for your your baby girl, her name and, you know, any of the any of the uh, details or anything like that? Yeah, sure. So uh, welcome. Introducing Revelyn Maxine Etheridge. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the first name, Revelyn. I think, Perry, you, you had some questions about where that name comes from. The middle name, Maxine, named after my wife's grandmother, who really may be the, the most important person in her life growing up, certainly had a big influence in raising her and uh, just just a wonderful, wonderful woman still still with us. So great grandmother to, to, That's cool. to Revelyn, baby Revelyn. And uh, anyway, and then obviously my last name, Etheridge, you know, Born at eight pounds, which was significantly smaller than our last child, Declan. So it's been, it's been very interesting feeling like the the contrast. I mean, she is so tiny. Some of you listening might be thinking eight pounds. That's not super tiny, but for us, it's like tiny. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so small and delicate compared. Declan yeah. came out almost. We, we joked that Declan came out like a three week old. I mean, he, he was sturdy. He had full head control. Like, he, you know, I, oh my gosh, he was like a chunk already, but not a chunk. He was lean, but he was strong. Yeah. And, uh, uh-huh. and she's, she's so delicate, but uh, anyway, yeah. So Revelyn Maxine Etheridge. That's awesome. That's awesome, brother. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Such an exciting time. And Man, I can relate. You do. You just forget, you know, you forget what the sleep deprivation is like. You forget what a baby that can't even hold their head up is like, you forget like how little they are, you know, um, my kids, the, the longest any of my kids are apart in age is just shy of two years. And the closest any of them are, are a year and a half. 
But Declan's, they, y'all have a little bit of space. How old's Declan four, right now? He just turned four. In fact, yeah. she was due yeah. on his birthday and she came two days early. Um, but yeah, so they're almost exactly four years apart. Yeah. Was he uh, happy that she didn't come on his birthday? He didn't know didn't talk or about that care. At all? He had no, he, that was over his head. Yeah, exactly. My, now yeah. my 13, so Jackson just turned 13. So we, we have January 26, 28, and 30 now. So they're two days apart. Boom, wow. boom, 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 right? So <laughs> if she had come four days early, she would have been on Jackson's birthday. And he was adamant he did not want to share his birthday, yes. right? So. Yeah. So I'm glad she waited until after Jackson's birthday. I think Declan couldn't have cared less now, but at age 10, he, sure. might, he might care. Yeah. So that makes sense. Anyway, it all now it might be fun. Now it might be fun. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Well, y'all have, for the listeners that may uh, not know this, y'all are home birth yes. people. Yes. And that's really cool, man. That is way cool. I kind of want to start by just jumping into that. Like, um, if for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Brett's in Tennessee. I'm in North Carolina. And in North Carolina, it is illegal to have an assisted home birth. Now, an unassisted home birth is legal. But if you have a midwife come and help you bring uh, your babies into the world in North Carolina, you cannot do that legally. Uh, so we had our babies at a birthing center, the last two anyway. But y'all have the freedom and uh, benefit of being able to make that choice of having a home birth. Talk to us, man. What inspires a home birth? Because some people are probably thinking you're loco, brother. Like, no way. That's crazy. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I imagine it is a very foreign concept to a lot of people. And and frankly, for me, I mean, I the idea of having a home birth never really crossed my mind. But then I married somebody who that was the desire of her heart for a number of reasons. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the short answer to why a home birth is because my wife, Melanie, wanted yeah. a home birth. And and it really goes back. So so we just had a great experience with our first home birth with Declan. And, you know, and and the the idea was always that as long as Melanie was on pace to have a low risk pregnancy is, you know, she's you know, she's over four, she's over 40 now. And so technically that puts you in the high risk category, but as long as all the, the vitals and baby and all indications are that this is progressing to be a normal, healthy child and delivery and no major issues, no red flags, nothing that would suggest high risk. Yeah. We fully intended to, to go through with, with another home birth. And, um, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, she, you know, she, she hates hospitals anyway. And so for sure. her, you know, a big part of it, obviously birthing a baby is your state of mind and your, your peace and your ability to, to get into flow with your body. And she obviously didn't want any, any drugs, obviously no epidurals, yeah. just compl- a completely natural birth to, uh, yeah. to give the best possible start to, to baby Revelin. And, uh, gosh, she, she's just amazing. So shout out to my wife who has been able to do that both times. Um, yeah. technically three times we'll probably get into that, but, uh, sure. but yeah, so, um, you know, and, and, and to be in an environment that doesn't immediately stress her out from the second she walks through the hospital doors, right? So that's not everybody's situation, and it's a home birth may not be appropriate and right for everybody either. But, um, but for Melanie, it definitely was was the right place, and and it was something that uh, I just you know I I fully trust her and and 
understand that she has done all the research and we got our questions answered the first time through, you know, for me, obviously yeah. not having any idea what it might be like and having the natural questions and potential concerns around what happens if this, what do we do if this happens? What, how do we handle this? And, you know, getting all those questions answered up front and then going into it with complete peace and trust that uh, all will be well. Right on. Yeah, that's it was, great. It was good. Well, second time, you know, around, well, or, you know, like you said, third, but did y'all have some fears or doubts like going into it? Um, you know, is that something you want to share or talk about now? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say there were any, you know, my, my biggest concern, it's, it's almost like planning a, an outdoor wedding nine months in advance. You know, it's like, right. what's the weather going to be like on the big day? You, you know, you have these visions, you're putting a lot of trust and hope that, everything's going to line up on the day of. So honestly, my only, my only little bit of concern was just what if there's a big snowstorm or an ice storm sure. and the midwives can't get to our house yeah. the day Melanie right. happens to go into labor. So, sure. um, you know, as it was getting closer, looking at the forecasted weather, I wasn't, you know, I, I ended up not being worried about that, but no, but, you know, like I said, we had already gone through it with Declan, all of that was fine. And, you know, just rewinding a little bit, maybe we'll just We'll just dive right into this because I already talked about it technically being the third. For the listeners who may not know, we I talk about this being my first daughter, and it's my first daughter that has made it to Earth alive. Uh, but a year and a half ago, we lost a daughter halfway through Melanie's pregnancy, and she actually ended up then delivering Willow, uh, and we did go to a hospital for that, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and... There was a lot of, obviously, a, an incredible amount of grief, an incredible amount of of walking through that time a year and a half ago. But, but even before that, even before we were pregnant with Willow, yeah, God gave Melanie a very clear prophecy mm. about Revelant. That's cool. Yeah, and that's Melanie's story to tell. Yeah, and maybe sure. we'll have her on the podcast yeah. at some point. That'd be awesome. But once the fullness of that prophecy became clear, because at first we thought maybe it actually applied to Willow, and then it was clear it was about Revelin, mm -hmm. we were able to, to hold on to that promise. Yeah. And, yeah. and attempt to, and I think for the most part be successful in walking this pregnancy out in faith. And trust. That's cool. And and so, did I have no? I didn't. You know, I literally. You know, I'm I'm thinking about. So, what was sort of my role in all of this? How did I be a faithful father through all of this? And I think I think what I think the main thing I try to focus on was just pointing back to God's goodness and pointing back to this prophecy and pointing back to yeah. to God's promise for Revelin every time doubt crept in every time sure. Melanie felt a little something weird during the pregnancy and she's up at night worrying. I'm like, okay, let's just pray. God, thank you for your promises. Your promises are true. Like we trust yes. that everything's going to be fine. We're not going to have a snowstorm the day of the birth. And if we do, the midwives are still like, I just didn't worry about all of that stuff. And so all the way through, I think that was just, that was just my frame of mind. I think God was so good to us to give us that word so early on that it could guide really the peace that I think that we that we were able to walk out Revelin's, Melanie's pregnancy with Revelin and ultimately her labor and delivery. Yeah, that's amazing. God knew exactly what you needed for you to be able to walk in that peace and that faith. 
And, you know, good on y'all too for taking God at his word and actually believing in that promise. And I would assume it's because of your track record with the Lord and knowing that he is faithful and he is the completer of his promises. So you can look back at your life and see how he's shown up and, and made good on his promises in the past and hold on to that uh, for this experience. But man, what a beautiful God we serve that he would know exactly what y'all need and be able to put you in that frame of mind of complete trust and faith so that as Melanie might have a little, maybe have a little dip in that. I'm not saying failed at it, but just a little waiver or a little, ah, you could really get back centered. You know, I just imagine, you know, you're at the helm of that ship, you know, like grabbing that tiller and the rudder, you know, and, and it's like, oh, we're a little bit, oh, you're just starting to get off course. Boop, let me fix that real quick. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and and get centered on faith and peace and trust. Man, that's really cool. And I think that's, you know, we, we did an episode somewhat recently about the importance of the marriage relationship for fatherhood. But just in general, I think that's, it speaks to the beauty of two becoming one and the role that each can play. Because mm-hmm. as, as the man, as the father, I don't get to... F- I don't get to feel the baby. It's not my body growing the baby. I don't feel the things that for Melanie, she knows what it felt like with Willow. Yeah. She would know that, okay, this is kind of how it was feeling in the weeks leading up to us losing Willow. I'm feeling something similar right now with Revelyn. In what turned out to be a perfectly normal, natural, healthy baby delivery, and it literally had no bearing whatsoever, but her body stores memories, right? Sure. And so it's totally natural and normal for her to to have the the yin and the, the ups and the downs of, of the emotions. And, and, and she's still, you know, all of that to say, she did an unbelievable job of walking out sure. this pregnancy in, in full faith and, and belief as well. But in those moments where maybe her body was sensing something or seeing similarities and, and then having that worry creep in, I didn't have any of that, right? And so it, it was perhaps easier in some sense for me to try to, to be that rock, to, to remind her to, to be a pillar of strength and in, in resting on God's yeah. word in that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's, uh, it's, it's just a beautiful thing, the way that works. That's awesome. Well, if I remember correctly, and I might be misremembering this, so if I am, please correct me. Y'all have had a plan for her name for a while, but I felt like you were kind of like, you kind of had that, you know, but you were kind of waiting to share that with the world. Um, it did did does her name well first of all what's the significance of her name secondly does it have something to do with that prophetic word you know from the lord talk to us about that yeah it does and yeah it's a unique name i mean I, pe- people is. seem to be telling me we we love the name but i've never heard that name before and and it literally might be a one of a kind name i've never heard of it we really sort of derived it and and so after after we lost Willow, Melanie was reading something and and it referenced the name Reva, R-E-V-A, mm-hmm. which means she who is restored. That's cool. And Melanie immediately latched onto that and grabbed onto that and did some research. And it's from the Latin word, revelashere. I'm sure I am pronouncing that incorrectly. Um, but, but so then Melanie went in and looked at that word and, and researched it. And it's a Latin word that means to grow well again. Mm. 
she who is restored to grow well again, all sorts of variations of the definition all have to do with, with that idea of, of restoration. And so it's a word that immediately had just a deep connection for Melanie. And she, I mean, she meditated on that word for months before she even shared it with me. And this was even before we then got pregnant with, with Revelyn. Um, That's cool. And she had just sort of decided that if we could make it work, you know, it would make sense to try to do something with that that word and that name. And so we played with a handful of variations and settled on Reva Lynn, R-E-V-A, so Reva, but Lynn, L-Y-N, again, mm-hmm. derived from the Latin word that means to grow well again and she who is restored. So yeah, it has it has a lot of significance and, and does speak to the promise um, that yeah. we just talked about uh, and, and connects her with her sister. You know, we don't... Yeah. Uh, we certainly don't want her to be defined by her sister. Um, she is completely separate and apart and different and, and God's promise. And yet, and yet Willow is and always will be part of our family as well. And to know sure. that uh, this is all part of, of Revelyn's Revel- story um, built into her name. That's super cool, man. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I love it. And I, like I think it's got a nice ring. It's funny. It uh, just a funny little side story. We were asking the boys. It took us... I mean, we literally only finally finally settled on the last iteration of the name, really even just a few weeks before okay. sort of the due date. So it was, you know, it's only somewhat, I mean, we were trying to make it work. We actually had a few other names that, we, yeah, should we go with that now? And we kept coming back to, to Revolutionary. Yeah. But, uh, but the boys, so we would be asking the boys throughout, you know, the nine months, what should we name your sister? And, yeah. uh, and they, would, yeah. they would throw out all these names or whatever. And it was important to them that, it would be some sort of name that ends in in because the boys' names are Jackson, Benjamin, Declan. So they're like, it's got to be in, you know, it's got to be. And we're like, eh, we're not going to force it, yeah. you know, but they were throwing out like Jocelyn or Jasmine uh-huh. or, you know, I don't uh-huh. know, just throwing out all right. these things. We're like, ah, oh, okay, haha, you know, whatever. We're not going to force that. And yet it sort of turned out as Revel is the variation we yeah. went with. And so uh, yeah. anyway, so that, that made the That's boys cool. happy, I think. Yeah, they were stoked. Yeah. Well, about your boys, um, I know that by the time we got to our fourth kid, so we had some of our very, you know, uh, logistical thinking boys and curious boys asking a lot of questions about babies and birth and you know, all that. Uh, did y'all experience anything like that? I mean, you've got a spread of ages there in your boys, but did you field any kind of questions from them? Did they have some curiosities? Did they, did they express any of that? What was that like? Not this time around. With, okay. Yeah. No, with Declan, Jackson was okay. asking questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, with, with Revelyn, no, we didn't really get that from any of them. Now, Jackson already, we, we, we've already had the birds and the bees talk with Jackson. Um, Benjamin, we've, we've talked around things with Benjamin. We haven't had the full on conversation yet. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint, go back to some earlier episodes where Perry and I have talked about yep. this topic. Um, but Ben didn't really ask anything, you know, it never really came up. We didn't force the conversation around it. It just, no, not, not really. And then, and then Declan's only four. So no, sure. No, none of those conversations. Yeah. 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 And I think for us, each one of our kids is different and their, their, their brains are wired different. So, you know, some of the kids, like by the time Ruby was born, Liam, our second born, uh, who they are like, I guess, three and some change years apart, four years apart, nine, ten, eleven, and four. So he was four. So he, Liam was four, 
uh, when Ruby was born or, you know, close to it anyway. And he was the one that was like, just drilling you pounding Nancy. With That's questions. interesting. Like, yeah. At a very young age, but he's very, uh, he's very intellectual. He's very much of a thinker. Um, he's kind of that quiet, like he'll be over to the side and you think he's not really paying attention or processing, bro. He's, he is listening like a hawk. And his brain is like firing <laughs> on all the things, right? So he told Nancy late in the pregnancy that he was coming in because in hindsight, we would have been more clear with our kids about the birds and the bees and body parts and how things work at a younger age. Right. Personally, if I was going to do it all over again, I would start the talks earlier, younger, right, almost right from the beginning. But we weren't in that mindset at that time. So we were, Nancy was like, Liam's like, how does this baby get out of your body. Like I, I need to know. Right. Not and Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. Not don't, don't shoot straight. Tell me the real. Yes. A hundred percent. And Nancy's answer was always like, well, God makes a special way. And Liam at like three and a half, almost four years old, whatever he was, was like, he no, was not accepting that. That is, I am not accepting that. That's not enough of an answer for me. And Nancy's like, well, you know, and uh, he's like, all right, mom. He's like, I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. <laughs> To the birthing center and watch so that it. I can see. I want to see how that baby comes out. And I'm like, no, you don't, bud. You really don't want to see. <laughs> but, uh, obviously, we didn't let him come and watch. Well, maybe not obviously. Some people, I mean. Yeah. Well, especially with the home birth, right? I mean, we, the first time, our, so with Declan, Ben, Melanie had gone into labor in the middle of the night with, with Declan and by the time they woke up for school, now we called my mother-in-law and she came to help bring them to school and stuff like that. But they were already hearing a lot of noises right down the hallway. Like, you know, Melanie was in full on labor and you can't mask that. You can only mask that so much. Right. And so, and it really bothered Ben to the point where he got sick on the way to school from the emotions and literally threw up. And she ended up bringing, she, my mother-in-law, Ended up dropping Jackson off at school and brought Ben back home because he had thrown up on the way to school because he was so emotionally distraught about the clear pain and distress that his mom was in. Wow. So anyway, he was actually in the house as we wow. as Melanie delivered Declan and her. You know, my mother in law tried to distract him and keep him on the opposite end of the house and play loud music and all this stuff. But yeah, he uh, he heard it all. But no, you're exactly right. Some some families I think do totally have their kids be a part of all of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, it's just everybody's own personal, you know, preference or what's good for their kids. You know, some kids are more adapt to being able to handle that. And some might have a traumatic, you know, traumatic emotional experience. Um, Real quick, I wanted to circle back and, and finish the, the little bit of the last conversation and maybe actually curious uh, if you have any thoughts on this or how this kind of played out in your family. But um, so my kids hadn't had a lot of birds and bees questions leading up to the delivery but I am curious, since it's the first girl, as they're seeing us change diaper and seeing a body part they've literally never seen before, right. there right. will be questions. Yeah. I don't know. What, what, yeah. I guess I'm literally for the first time thinking about, okay, what am I going to do? And they ask, what's like, what's that? How come it doesn't look like mine? What do you right. tell a four-year-old and, and even the 11-year-old? Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Well, for me, I don't know how well we did this at the time because Ruby's nine and, you know sometimes my memory fails me, but, uh, as if I was going to do it all over again right now, I would say just be real plain and, and simple and, and use the proper words. I'd say, Oh, well, God made us, you know, each unique and special. 
uh, you know, God made men and God made women. God makes boys and God makes girls and boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. That's it. Just and, explain it. I mean, yeah. you know, just yeah. really matter of fact, plain as day. Oh yeah. Girls have a vagina. That's, that's their special body part. That's theirs only, you know, maybe you don't get into Maybe for the different ages, you get into the different elements of how much to talk about that. Right. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. Girls have a, girls have a vagina. That's why they have to, you know, squat down when they go pee, you know, like boys can stand up and draw their name in the snow, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, it's all cool. <laughs> yeah. Right on. So yes, uh, girls and boys are, uh, physically different. They are emotionally different. They're needs are different. Um, the way they show up in the world is different, you know? Uh, and it's a beautiful thing because if we were all exactly the same, it'd kind of be boring, you know, I think. Um, but God says he made us each in his image, male and female. I got to ask you this. You asked me a bunch of questions about, you know, a daughter. How about you, Brett? Were you ready for a daughter? Were you excited about it? What was your mindset coming into, okay, this is a little girl. I'm about to be the father of a daughter. How was that for you? Yes, I I was ready. I feel like I'm ready. And and yes, I I, I wanted a daughter. Uh, I'm I'm excited about that. I love my three boys. And if it had been another boy, obviously would have been would have been thrilled with that. Um, but right. but we were so so over the moon excited about about Willow. And, and that, that was really when it was like, okay, God, we, we want a daughter. Um, and, and he, and he gave us a daughter and even again, before Willow gave us a prophecy about Revelyn being a girl. And so yeah. we did end up going through all the genetic testing and, and well, sure. not all the genetic testing, but we found out the gender. Um, yeah. and Again, it wasn't Melanie was like, Hey, the email came with with the gender. Do you wanna do you wanna know? I was like, Well, we already know. We are yeah. like we literally yeah, already know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Okay, I mean, we can I guess sure. confirm it hundred percent. And so up comes the email and it was it was a girl, hey. But still super excited and, and super, super stoked about that. Um Did you did you feel the weight of uh, a daughter? You know, I spoke a lot. And if, if listeners, if you haven't listened to the episode, go back, maybe check that out. I personally felt the weight of fathering a daughter significantly more than sons. Is that, does that resonate with you? Are you like, no, it's the same. It's all, it's all big responsibility. It's all important, you know, which it is. Right. Or did you feel this extra, like extra seriousness or extra responsibility or, or extra, uh, I don't know. It's like, you know, I don't know. You're a basketball guy, you know, to me it's like, and I'm not, but so, to me, it's like, well, yeah, you know, you go to shoot a, a free throw and you got some pressure, like you want to hit that free throw, but you go to shoot the free throw and it, and it's, you know, like the game winning point, the buzzer clicked, right? You got fouled and the buzzer hit and you're, you know, one point down. If you hit both your free throws, then you win the game. To me, that's like the difference between having a son, you feel the pressure of the, of a normal free throw. It's a responsibility, but the daughter is like, Man, like if I don't hit these two free throws, like we're gonna lose the game. <laughs> I don't know. Does that make any sense it at does. all to you or not really? Yeah, it, it makes sense. <laughs> and I would say that I didn't feel any extra weight until you and I talked about it a few episodes ago. 
<laughs> Sorry. To me, I just I was like, hey, it's just going to be a girl. But oh my gosh, Perry says it's a big deal. Like what? No, I'm just kidding. Um, the answer is the answer is no. I didn't I didn't necessarily feel any extra weight. And and the other thing too is you know you Ruby's nine for you, and you felt that weight for years even before that. I don't know. I think I'm older now and and have already been at this fatherhood thing for enough years that I don't feel like it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but no, I didn't, I didn't feel a ton of extra weight. I will say I I was just this sort of funny, funny idea, concept, story, whatever just popped into my mind. Jackson, it has to have been at least three or four times now that we have had some variation of the conversation about girls being special. And, and he doesn't, he doesn't understand why he doesn't get it. He, you know, he keeps coming back. So, you know, I'm, I talk about, he went out on a little date with mom. Um, you know, mom, mom took him out for a, for sort of a special pre-Christmas thing. And and she tries to do that with the boys from time to time. And, uh, so, you know, I'm prepping Jackson, you know, you're going to open the door for her and you're going to, you know, just treat her well. And, you know, all of these types of things. And he's like, but, but why, you know, like, why is she more special than I am? Why is she more special than boys? I don't get it. God created us all equal. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, I mean, you're right, buddy. God did create us all equal. We're all, you know, we're all made in the image of God. And yet, girls are special, but, but I don't get it. But why? But like, yes, we're all the same, yeah. but girls are special. And so it's just, yeah. this and he just won't get, and we talked about for dating and stuff like that. He's like, why do I, anyway, so we have all these conversations and, uh, and so there is this, this, this deep belief that she will be different. She will be daddy's little girl. I understand that. And I think if I have any sort of, you know, I think I'm so hopeful for a sure. special father-daughter bond yeah. and father-daughter relationship. Yeah. I think my only concern is what if I don't have that? What if what if she's a mama's girl? What if she ne- you know, and what if she never bonds with me at a deep level? What if I'm not able to show up for her the way that I need to emotionally, you know, what all of those types of things. But uh I know f- from my standpoint, obviously I'm resolved to to do whatever it takes to to learn and put in the time and commitment and and meet her where she is and all the things that we've talked about and, and guard her heart and all that. So I'm, uh, I have no doubt that it will play out, uh, exactly as it's supposed to, but no, yeah. no, no super extra weight that I'm just like carrying sure. around with me as she's, right. as she's starting her first week of life. Right. And it might play out in a different timeline than you expect it to. You know what I mean? Like, I think for me, that special bond between father and daughter has really been growing in the last, you know, really just the last few months i've seen like some significant growth um with with that bond between me and ruby just in the last you know months weeks really even yeah it's cool yeah it's fun so you know i kind of thought like it was going to happen you know when she was like two weeks old you know and again there was this there it was there for me right like I, i was you know um captivated by her of course you know since she was little but uh, that would be a word of encouragement, you know, from me to you, um, you know, with me having a nine-year-old and you having a few day old, um, is that it might, that special father-daughter bond might, it might spark at some time that is later than you expect it to, or later that you hope for it to, or it might turn out to look a different way than you might expect it to. But you are uh, an extremely loving, intentional, and faithful father. So that bond's going to show up, you know, it's going to, it's going to build, you know what I mean? It's going to be there. 
Um, but it just, you know, might, it might, God's timing is not necessarily always what we expected. So, well, with Jackson seeing her as a special, was all that talk like before the birth? And then now that she's born, does he, do the boys like dote over her? I mean, do they, what's, our boys doted over Ruby, man. They were like, oh, little baby girl. You know, they were so sweet and loving and yeah. nurturing to her. Are your boys like that? So far, uh, it's it's been fun to watch their reactions. Yeah, Declan, Declan, the four-year-old, he is just a baby person anyway. We will, we'll be out at a restaurant. He'll see a baby <laughs> in a carrier across the restaurant. He'll get a, he'll get up, make a beeline across the restaurant and like stick his face right in the baby's face. I'm like, this is a complete stranger, yeah. Declan. They yeah. probably don't want you breathing in their baby's face. I'm sorry, ma'am. Like, I apologize, you know, for my yeah. son. He'll, he'll yeah. do that at the park. He'll like oh, yeah. babies. So he's got baby fever naturally. And so he has been, he's the one who's he's been singing to Melanie's belly, you know. All he's just been so excited oh, to have awesome. a little baby. And um yeah, he, you know, he'll he'll come into the room, he'll see the baby and just get this huge smile and he he can't control himself and his emotions, and Simone's like, "You got to get him out. Like he's too wild right now. You know, we got this sleeping three day old. You have to you know, like deal with Declan." Uh, so she's also still so young. You know, they now they have all they've all held her. Well, Jackson hasn't yet because he's been a little under the weather. But uh, but yeah, ben, Ben's held Ben. Ben loves her. He gets this big smile on his face. You know, you, they have that unbridled emotion that they can't really hide. Jackson. Jackson's a teenager now, 13. He's he's trying to pretend he's too cool for the baby, and yet he he's oh, yeah. always sticking his head in. He's always yeah. trying to see where she is. He's curious about her. You know, you can tell that he's he's interested. But yeah, the, the two younger ones are totally loving her and doting over her and stuff like that. Yeah, it's been it's been fun to see. That's cool. Have you started to talk to them about their role as like joining you and the protector of their sister? Have you started to talk about that yet at all? No. Have you thought about that yet at all? Like I had visions of like boys, like wanting to date her and like just coming into like me, JP, Seth, you know, Liam with like guns on the table, you know, like whatever, like what's up, bud. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have this, you thought about that any yet or is it too early in the brain fog and none of that? Too, too <laughs> early. Declan, you're, you're the first line of defense. Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> If they get past Declan, now Declan's still a little young. If they get, then you're up, all right. And, here, and here's your and here's your role. Now, I think it'll I think it'll come naturally. Even even just seeing how Ben is at school with Declan, you know, he'll he he's he's watching out for him in the hallway and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, they'll totally cool. it'll be a natural thing. I think that's something that'll be maybe a little bit more intentional down the line. Yeah, uh, it's a fun project. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be a fun project. We did a we did a family shoot when Ruby was not old enough to sit up herself. You know those little bobble chairs that you can put the babies yes. in and it supports them so they sit up. Yep. Well, we took little chalkboards and on the chalkboards we wrote "don't" on one of them, and then on the next one we wrote "mess," and then on the next one we wrote "with," and then the last one we wrote "her." And the our boys were young. You know our kids are real close together. So JP, the oldest, was like five years old. And we had them like make mean like muscle faces and JP would hold one that said don't and Liam would hold one that said uh, mess and Seth held one that said with and then we propped the other one up in front of Ruby that said her and they're all just flexing like mean mug and uh, and we took a little family shoot of that and it's like still hanging on the wall, you know, but that was fun. We have a professional photographer lined up for a few weeks from now. So that's actually a good, uh, 
It's a good idea. I'll, I'll run that past Melanie, see if she wants to do something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's fun, yeah. man. It was good times. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, let me ask you this. I know for Nancy and I, well, I'm, I, I, I say I know for Nancy and I, but I, I'm, yeah, I, I would say I know. I don't, try not to speak for her, but this is true for her too. But in the midst of Nancy laboring and birthing naturally, unmedicated, you know, just in the raw form of birth, there's definitely like a moment, you know, like uh, a spiritual moment, a moment of like crescendo, you know, like maybe even almost like euphoria, like the baby, you know, there's, it's so much work and effort and process and pain for our wives, <clears throat> the birthing process the baby comes and you get to see this like new life. Like we created this, right? Like, it's just, wow. It's so incredibly overwhelming emotionally. Did y'all, did you, did, did y'all have that with this time around? Was it heightened this time around after the, the story of Willow? Like what, you know, talk to me about that kind of that, that magic, that moment. What, what is that like? How do y'all experience that? Share, you know, not to be too much behind the curtain, but, you know, share as much as you would feel led or comfortable to share about that. Yeah. It's a good question. It's a profound question. And I think you are exactly right. Life is, life is a miracle, man. Life is just, just precious. And seeing God's design really for the entire process, seeing a woman's body work exactly the way it was designed to bring life into the world, uh, to see the interplay between woman and child and, and the child's role even in the birthing process. It's just a beautiful, magical thing. My emotional experience and and sort of spiritual experience. It was different this time than with Declan. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think for me what's been most interesting is is allowing Revelin's story and my experience in Revelin's story to be different than it was yeah. with Declan and not to expect the exact same thing. Yeah. This this story, I think, it was more watching Melanie's unbridled happiness and joy. Yeah. You know, I, I've been reflecting what's been the best part about it. And for me, yeah. it has been just how unbelievably happy and joyful and the fulfillment of a promise that it that it's been for her. And um, you know, when when Revelyn came out and, and the midwives handed Revelyn to to Melanie, you know, she literally, I mean, couldn't obviously control her emotions and stuff. And she goes, Come here, baby, you know, I have been waiting my whole life for you. Wow. And I think that was just the raw, the raw desire of her heart coming out in words. Not I've been waiting nine months for you. Right. Not I've been waiting right. since we lost your sister Willow for you. She literally said, I've been waiting my whole life for you. And I think, yeah. I think to me, 
that hit me at a deep level when she said that, you know? And so, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for me. Yes. It was emotional to see my daughter born. Mm -hmm. Um, it, you know, to hear the first cry, all of those types of things. But, but for me, it's just been witnessing. Yeah. Just, just the connection that Melanie already has with Revlin. And that's been, that's been so fun to see and so exciting. Yeah. I got, God's goodness and, and his promise fulfilled yeah. and, and walking yeah. that out, even just in these last few days. Sure. What a beautiful picture. And as you were sharing that, I was so emotionally overwhelmed about the joy of that and the beauty of that. And, uh, and, and, you know, imagining being there in that moment, seeing your wife express just raw emotion and joy that way. And then it dawned on me that that is exactly how the Lord, Yahweh, feels about us as we are rebirthed in Christ. So as we accept Christ as our Savior and we are born new, uh, you know, I just hear that same voice, that same sentiment, that same message. And God's whole life is eternity, right? He's been around forever. so we could say God feels that he's been waiting all of eternity for this moment. Every single time one of his children turns, receives Christ, is spiritually reborn. What a beautiful, what a beautiful picture and what a beautiful, tangible way for you and, you know, Melanie to experience that through the birth of Revelin. And I'm thankful that God helped me just kind of clink that analogy together awesome. as we're sitting and talking about it, because I do feel that that's his heart. That's his emotion. That's his expression. Just an overwhelmed joy uh, of our homecoming and connection with him. So that's really exciting. I feel like it's a great place to kind of think about wrapping this thing up, uh, to leave our listeners with that joy and that encouragement. Yes. And to say to the listeners, hey, listen, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you can do that anytime, anywhere. It doesn't have to be in a church building. It doesn't have to be a magical uh, step-by-step prayer. It's just an acceptance of, okay, God, I I take you for who you are, and and I want to invite you into my life, right? And um, yeah, what a beautiful picture. What a heartwarming message to, to think about. As we walk through our day today, you know, just the beauty and joy of how much God longs to be connected with us. And once we are connected is just overjoyed. So, yeah, it's just a beautiful picture of God's love for us. And Brett, thank you again for sharing your heart, um, your story, Melanie's heart, your journey. Thanks for just being intimate with us and sharing uh, those details. It's been uh, such a blessing for me today. I know it has been for the listeners as well. And uh, what an exciting celebration of life. Yes. You know, it's so joyful. It's so amazing. Baby girl, Revlin, uh, I would just say, you know, a blessing over her life of joy and restoration and growing well again, that her life would be a story of absolutely, completely living up to the name that y'all so carefully chose for her. What a beautiful name it is. May she walk in that well, even at a young age. 
And uh, for all the listeners, thank you for being here. Thanks for sharing your lives with us. Thanks for giving us um, a little bit of moments of your time. We hope you've been blessed by this episode. If you have, please uh, like the episode, subscribe so that you know when we get new ones dropped. And um, if you think of somebody that this episode might be a blessing for or helpful towards, man, just share it with them. Send it to them in a text. Drop them a little message. Hey, check out this episode. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. So with all that said, Brett, thank you so much for being present today. Thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for being an amazing dad and a wonderful husband. And uh, I guess that's going to wrap it up, folks. So until next time, we will talk to you later. Okay.